good morning, everyone. It's so good to be back with you again. Audrey and I are always warmly welcomed here and always feel at home among you. So thank you for the welcome again today and next week also in anticipation. Uh, today we're looking at the life of King Uzziah from the scriptures. Uh, most people know the verse, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. When Jeff and I agreed what I would speak on these two Sundays, it was not in any prophetic way that we talked about the year that King Uzziah died in the year that Queen Elizabeth died. There was no intended connection at that time, but you never know what a day will bring forth. So we're talking about the year in which King Uzziah died in the year that Queen Elizabeth died. And we're, however, we're going back a bit further than that to look, because although I think it's most people, if you mention King Uzziah, they think about the bad way that he finished. Isn't that sad? Most people know how he finished badly. And yet, there's a lot more to his life than that, and that's what we're looking at today. So we're in Second Chronicles, chapter 26. I shall just read part of the story now, and we will get more on the PowerPoint as we go through. Second Chronicles, chapter 26. Let us hear God's word from verse 1. And all the people took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built a lot, that's a lot nowadays, and restored it to Judah after the king slept with his fathers. Uzziah was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Yechaliah of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. We'll fill in a bit more of the story, but let's go down to verse 15 for another significant verse. Uh, verse 15. In Jerusalem he made machines, invented by skillful men to be on the towers and corners to shoot arrows and great stones. His fame spread far for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. Amen. We know the Lord will uh, graciously bless his word and apply it to our hearts today. At the uh, coronation of the young king, 16 years old, they would have cried, Long live the king! Long live the king! But nobody believed it. Nobody thought he would live long at all because he was living in the most terrible days for the nation of Judah. And uh, he was king of a defeated people. We read further down in the previous chapter that Joash, 
king of Israel, captured Amaziah, king of Judah, that's Uzziah's father, at Beth Shemesh, brought him to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem for 400 cubits. That's about 600 feet. And from the Ephraim gate to the corner gate, the nation was left defenseless. You see, the trouble with building walls is that they can get broken down. The trouble with putting your faith in a wall is that it can get knocked down by someone else. The trouble with putting your faith in people is that they can fail. And uh, the young King Uzziah, his father had failed. He had started off well in life, but he didn't finish well. He wasn't dead. He was just in a foreign prison. And it would be a long time before he'd be back. In the meantime, they needed a king. So young Uzziah was put on the throne. And uh, he was successful uh, for a number of reasons. He uh, actually reigned for 52 years. Now, that doesn't sound that long in comparison to what we're used to, but it was very long in those days. In those days, 52 years was longer than King David had reigned or King Solomon. So it was pretty good for the time uh, at that time. And nobody really expected it. What happened? How did this king, 16 years old, manage so well? Well, first of all, we know he was supported by godly people. We know that he... He couldn't do this on his own. He, didn't, he was only 16. The country was in a total mess. A shambles politically, economically, spiritually. It was in a total mess. He couldn't do it on his own. But he was supported by godly people. We know that uh, it tells us this in the scriptures. He was 16 years old and he reigned 52 years. His mother's name was Yechaliah of Jerusalem. Now that seems an insignificant detail but it's a special detail because we're not even told who King David's mother was so there must be some reason why we're told the name of his mother could it be that in Hebrew it has a special significant meaning that name Yechaliah it means the Lord is able and that was a great name in a time of tragedy in a time of physical, economic and spiritual disaster to remember that the Lord was able. It was not that Uzziah was able. He wasn't. Everybody knew he wasn't. Everybody knew this wasn't going to work unless the Lord took their side. The Lord is able. What a great name to have in days when we are uh, thinking of how many people are in despair. If you get focused today on the government or get focused on what people can do or what people have done, you'll get very discouraged. If you get focused on the, what's happening in the world, you could get miserably depressed. But if you try and remember that the Lord is able and see through all that, that's a great way to do it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Don't, uh, don't despair because of the problems. Because we worship a God who's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything we ask or think. He was supported not just by 
his, we presume his mother supported him. Her name, the Lord is able, was very significant. There was another man, Zechariah. His name means the Lord remembers. The Lord remembers. That word remember, um, we use it, um, you know, it depends on the context, uh, what it actually means. The way we use it sometimes is in despair and say, you know, I, I should remember I should remember your name. I really should, but I can't. Uh, you know, but in the context in which it's mentioned in the Bible, where people are called the Lord remembers, uh, it doesn't. It means much more than that. Uh, when the psalmist prays, "Lord, remember David," he doesn't mean uh, David. Oh yes, I remember him. It doesn't mean that at all. It means God. Do something for him. Take his side. So remember, the Lord remembers means that he hasn't cast his people off. He still loves them. In spite of all their failures, in spite of all their mistakes, in spite of the disaster the nation is in, the Lord still remembers. He still cares. He still loves. And he's going to do something about it. That's what the people that gave that little baby the name Zechariah that's what they hoped for. That's what their faith was in, that the Lord who is able would really remember his people and remember his covenant and remember his promises to Abraham and bring them back to himself and restore their land. So he set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah who instructed him in the fear of God. I've said here before, you know, that there's a, the word fear is, is something that we are familiar with. You get people who are afraid of uh, spiders. You get people who are afraid of um, going into a lift. Claustrophobia. People are afraid of heights. People are afraid of lots of things. And all these fears limit you. They limit uh, your ability to do something. But the fear of God means taking God seriously. And it sets you free. Sets you free from other fears. If you fear God, take him seriously, then you don't have anything else to fear. So fear can limit you, but fear of God sets you free. So Zechariah taught young Uzziah how to fear God. How to take God seriously. And that's one of the things that we need in our world today. So many people just uh, ignore God in their lives. Is God taken seriously in our country? In our province? In our world? God's not taken seriously. People need to learn to fear God. And perhaps some of the things we're going through will restore some of that fear of God. So taking him, realizing who he really is, a God of love, but also a God of justice, who will not tolerate sin. And that's part of the message that runs right through the Bible. God does not tolerate sin but he put it on the cross of Calvary and dealt with it. And if we fear him and take him seriously, we have nothing else to fear because our sins, which were many, will be washed away. So Uzziah was surrounded by godly people who would help him. He was the leader 
and the focus would go on him. And in later years, everybody would say what a great job he had done because he was up at the front. You see, he was the focus. But really, he couldn't have done anything without that support that he had. There are many people today who forget that lesson. You will um, know, as, as I do, people who are a bit discouraged. A bit? Loads of discouragement is around today because many people will say, I don't really have a role to play anymore. I was relieved to hear that your 40 people signed up for something. Not every church would have that uh, accolade. Not every church could say that because a lot of people just think the man at the front does it all. You know, but this teaches us that no matter who you are, you can't do it all because we're like a body. And if, if the hand said, I, I don't need any other part of the body, it would be a disaster. We all need each other. And no matter how insignificant you feel, no matter how you say, I don't do anything, that is rubbish. We are all, just the fact that God has you here in this world, you are part of the jigsaw puzzle, if I put it that use that illustration and uh, if your piece is missing it'll not be complete so um, there are loads of people who think that God's not using them and God is using them they would be sadly missed so we all need each other just as Josiah couldn't manage on his own no matter how insignificant you feel God doesn't feel that you're insignificant remember the Lord remembers you the King of Kings knows your name. He knows when you were saved. He knows what he's done for you. He knows all about you. The bad and the good. And he loves you just the same, as you were saying earlier. So, he was helped by godly people. But he was also, more importantly even than that, strengthened by God himself. Uh, Uzziah had two names. His name, Uzziah, means the Lord strengthens, or the, the, the Lord is strong, or the Lord makes strong. He was also had, uh, in the book of Kings, he's also called Azariah, which is also the name of the priest. Azariah means the Lord is my helper. So the Lord is strong, the Lord is my helper. He made machines invented by skillful men to be on the towers. He had to rebuild the city. He had inventions, invented new defences, new ways of defending the city, new inventions that nobody had ever seen before. Uh, machines to shoot arrows and great stones, not to conquer others, but to defend themselves. And his fame spread far. Uh, the word for fame there is his name spread far. And it did, because archaeologists have found it in Assyria that they knew who this man was. His name did spread far. Uh, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. Well, you get that word marvelous, where that, that Hebrew root is found in the Bible. It's always in a context where God's involved. You could say miraculously helped if you liked. You know, it's, it's the idea that uh, marvelously means that God was involved in what was happening to him. Marvelously helped is a great thing because, you know, 
as the wee hymn puts it, we are weak, we feel weak, we feel uh, in need of help. We are weak, but he is strong. You know, I'm here today not because of some sort of luck in my life. I'm here today because I've been marvelously helped. Haven't you? Can you look back and say, yes, Lord, been marvelously. I, I know people who've been very successful in their lives, and you know what they say? I've been very lucky so far, and, I, I, and touch wood will continue to be so. We're not like that. We can look to the Lord and say, we're here today because we've all been marvelously helped, helped by God. We're here today because he loves us. And if he has brought us this far, you know, even the things that we're worrying about, just remember that the God who's brought us this far won't let us down now. He remembers his people. God is involved. It's great to be marvelously helped. And where does that all start? Well, it started at Calvary. There was nothing more marvelous than what God did for us at Calvary. We've been marvelously helped because we're saved. We're going to heaven. This world is not our final home. Jesus is going to come again and take us to be with himself. And, you know, what a wonderful way to be marvelously helped. We're saved, born again. And then he's been with us each day that we live. There's just things that could have gone badly wrong but you just feel the Lord was there with you and helped you through uh, the Holy Spirit lives within us he's our helper uh, there's a lot of controversy about the Holy Spirit and worship and all the rest of it and I know it's important to think of the Holy Spirit's work and worship but I think he would say to us wait a minute I don't just come to you on a Sunday I'm with you every day. When you pray, the Holy Spirit is there to take our prayers and to present them faultless before God. He's there to guide us. He's our, he's our counselor. He's our free counselor. We could never afford the sort of help the Holy Spirit gives us. He's better than any counselor in the world and he's there with us and he will guide us today. Not just in, thank God, he helps us to worship God, but he's also there to help us to live for God too. And we should never make an important decision without checking with him first. So, what else did he do? He built towers in the wilderness and cut out many cisterns for he had large herds, both in the Shephelah, that's the low-lying area, low-lying hills. And in the plain, he had farmers and vine dressers in the hills and the fertile lands, for he loved the soil. It doesn't say that about anybody else in the Bible. He loved the soil. There's something nice about that. My father was like that. He loved the soil. You know, he loved the plants and all the rest of it. In fact, it got him into trouble sometimes. My aunt was telling me, that, uh, she phoned up and she said, can you come down and help us? with this house removal we're all trying to get up the stairs with a bed and your father is moving his plants <laughs> and everybody else is trying to get the house sorted out he doesn't care the, he, the garden gets first priority because he loved the soil you see well Uzziah was like that he was a king but he loved the soil you get to like the man he loved the fertility he loved seeing things growing so he was supported by godly people. 
strengthened by God himself and then seduced by his own success. What a sad ending. It was good to finish well. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. That's what pride does for you. Destroys you. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God. You see, this is not just an Old Testament problem. Pride is still a problem today. When people get proud of what they've done, uh, it brings disaster. Uh, he, you see, was king. He had been, he, all his life he had been in control of the nation and he had trusted the Lord. But he had envied the priests offering the incense. To offer incense wasn't wrong. It was just wrong for him to do it. There would be a time when God would combine king and priest in the Savior himself, but this man was king. He was not priest. Isn't it funny that when people get things to do that they're able to do and, and, and are given authority to do, and they always want to do something else? Isn't that right? Oh, God, may God give us contentment. Because it's a hard thing to get. He couldn't, it got everything, but he wasn't content. He still wanted that one thing that he wasn't allowed to do. And so he went to offer sacrifice. The priests, 80 of them, all told him, this is wrong. But you know what? The danger with being proud is that when you're proud, you don't take advice. You don't listen to anybody. You, do you know who I am? And so, pride led him to disobey Scripture. The Bible had said that what he was doing was for the priests to do. Pride led him to ignore their advice. Proud people are very touchy, very sensitive. Not sensitive about other people, but sensitive about what is said to them because they are protecting that image, that exalted image of themselves. So, and also all the lessons he'd learned about fearing God. He forgot them all at the end. He started well. And as a consequence of sin, he was a leper to the day of his, de of his death. And being a leper, lived in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. So how sad to finish so badly. Uh, to become unclean. The lepers would cover their lips and they would say, unclean, unclean. He had to be separated from others because of his unclean lips. And in the year that he died, Isaiah saw the Lord. It doesn't say the Lord filled the temple. The temple was too small for God. It says the hem of his robe filled the temple. And then Isaiah says, I am a man of unclean lips. The king had died with unclean lips. And Isaiah says, that's only the start of it. We've all got unclean lips. We've all got leprosy, spiritual leprosy. We've all gone away and like wandering sheep turned away from God. So that's pride. How do you deal with it? Well, the Bible tells us in the New Testament 
We're told in Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should, should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Because Christ Jesus and Uzziah have similarities and contrasts, you see. You see, but it's the, it's the other way round. Because Uzziah started so low. Nobody ever thought that young boy at 16 would ever live for 30 or 40 years successful reign. Nobody ever thought of it. But God did it. So he started very low. And God raised him very high to the throne of the Davidic throne. The throne that David and Solomon had occupied. God took him from the gutter and put him on the throne. But take it the other way around. Jesus was on the throne of heaven. And God took him from the throne. He left the throne of glory. And went right into the gutter himself. Of the cross of Calvary. For you and for me. He who was low was raised high. But he who was high humbled himself. The very opposite to Uzziah. He humbled himself and became obedient. Even unto death. Even the death of a cross. Because he loved us. He loved us that much. We've been so marvelously helped by love like that. That love should encourage us today. Whatever we face, to keep our eyes on him who gave everything to marvelously help us and he won't let us down now. Yes, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. God has now highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is Lord. That's the victory. There's a, a king who'll never die. He will reign forever and ever. We've seen some great names in this little passage. And I leave you with these names. I'm away the wrong way. <laughs> Jechaliah, that was a great name. The Lord is able. Zechariah, that was a great name. The Lord remembers his people. Uzziah, the Lord strengthens. And the, uh, another name that's sometimes used of Uzziah and is used of the priest. Azariah, the Lord is my helper. As uh, Hebrews puts it, what have I to fear? The Lord is on my right hand. He is my helper. Uh, great names. But you know the greatest name of all is the name that we sometimes sing about. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. It soothes his sorrows, heals his wounds, and drives away his fear. So that's the name that we take away today. The name that's above every name the name of Jesus. Let us pray together. Thank you for listening to this Castlereagh Fellowship podcast. 
For more podcasts, Bible teaching videos, and to see what's going on at the church, please visit our website, castlewayfellowship.com. God bless.